Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday, and he's back after a two-week hiatus. Although I know most of you check him out on the Business of Sports Podcast which is excellent, and there's nothing else like it. The great Andrew Brandt is back, and I've got a lot of things to ask him in about two minutes. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings. Thank goodness for those dudes. Use them for DFS. Use them for Sportsbook. And we're already only two days away from winners. Spread the word winner via social media. I've got so many awesome press passes at this point, it's not even funny. You would love these things. Collector's item, nobody else you know will have one. Just do anything on social media, especially a quote tweet or a reply. We love those. At Ross Tucker NFL, especially at Ross Tucker Pod. Then you can be the sponsor confirmation email winner. Lots of good sponsors this week. Always Simply Safe and Ladder Insurance. And there's a lot you can... Hook up for your family, manly bands. And then the YouTube shout out, which I love, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Great way to watch any of these shows, the whole episode, or just to watch the highlight clips of some of the other shows that you don't watch. It's the stuff that I deem to be the best of the best from the episode. So kind of like cheating, kind of like just getting the, uh, the Cliff Notes version, if you're familiar with that. Either follow on social media at Ross Tucker Pod or check it out on YouTube. We got two games last night to talk about as well. But first, it's Big Show time. The Big Show. Always good to talk with Andrew. I got to be honest with you. I can handle the every other week. I can't handle not talking to him two weeks in a row. Like this (laughs) is, I feel like it's like a long lost friend, even though I follow him on Twitter I read his stuff at MMQB. I check out the Business of Sports podcast. I get the Sunday 7 newsletter. Um, And Andrew, I think you were telling me you got something else going on too now? Yeah, I miss you too, Ross. You know, I taught my last class at Villanova a couple, not like four weeks ago by now. And then I've just been on the road since when I'm not tethered down by my classes. I tend to move around, as you know, very well. So a couple of things. um, 
I want to just update, and then we'll get to the issues at hand this week. But for those who didn't listen last week, uh, really a powerful podcast. Uh, Matt Futterman of the New York Times has been covering this Peng Shui situation in China. The famous Chinese tennis player posted about being sexually assaulted. Her whereabouts, her safety has been much concern over the past month. And we really broke it down. It's kind of a different podcast, Ross, and I hope people listen powerful about what may be going on with this famous Chinese tennis player. Also, the newsletter is going well to the point where I wanted to give even more. So more content for those who are interested. I'm calling it the Sports Business League. Here's what you get. You get a daily dose from me. You get a weekly roundtable. You get a monthly lecture. So listen, I'm going the premium route for people that are interested, but I am not stopping everything else I do, including the free weekly newsletter. But I'll send the link for this uh, show and uh, the, the Sports Business League. be a great holiday gift for your sports nerd friends out there or kids or people wanting to get into sports. But it's something I've been thinking about for a while. I'm going to launch it in January. That is awesome. Love it, Andrew. And as I always say, the easiest thing to do these days, make sure you're getting the newsletter because then all of his information's in there and follow him on social media. Then anytime he's doing something, the Thursday night, Amazon, Twitch, whatever it is, <laughs> then you're you're all over it. Um, so I have a couple of different questions as it relates to COVID, Andrew. The first one, I want to try to separate these two. The first one is just the COVID postponements. I mean, here we are talking on a Wednesday. There were two games last night. They ended up postponing three games. I'm not sure it really made much of a difference. And I, I I guess I don't really envision them doing it again, but especially with the new testing stuff. But just your thoughts at first in the decision to postpone the games at all, Andrew. We're in year two in the NFL. We're in year three in the NBA and NHL. Uh, so year two, I'm really sort of – saying the same thing I said in year one, Ross, is the NFL is going to play through. We heard about cancellations. We heard about not paying players with vaccination outbreaks in the offseason. But, you know, my saying the business of sports always wins. They're going to play through these games, whether it means Tuesday or not. And I just continue to feel that's the way we're going here. There is the one resource they have, which a lot of people ask me about. And that's the week before the Super Bowl. And people are like, well, why didn't they just use that this week? Why didn't they take a pause? The NHL is taking a pause, which I think is huge news. And I just say they're going to hold that Super Bowl pre-week as long as they possibly can. If they have to use it in the playoffs or wherever it is, they'll use it. But they're not going to do that. There's too many partners at stake here, primarily the media partners. But... On the football side, which you know a lot better than I do, I'm sitting here watching the Eagles last night and the Washington team, and I'm like, this is for the playoff spot, and Washington's playing a quarterback they signed on Friday. There's just, I said this for two years now, competitive balance is out the window now, and that's the hallmark of the NFL. All the things I talk about, the cap, free agents, that's all because of competitive balance. And now it's just kind of like, sorry, you know, and they, you're right. They tried to address it with this Tuesday, hoping maybe Taylor Heineke can come back, but wow. 
I mean, I just think we're in this age of we're just getting through. It's a war of attrition. And if you're playing fourth string quarterbacks, so be it. Let's get to um, the testing policy changes because I think that's maybe the most significant news. The NFLPA went from wanting guys to be tested every day to now asymptomatic vaccinated individuals won't be tested at all unless they say they have symptoms, which good luck with that. Uh, And then I found out yesterday, I didn't even realize this, they actually will have some random testing, which I really don't think is a good idea, Andrew. I mean, what what if you randomly test Tom Brady before the conference championship game and he's positive? I, I mean, I don't understand the randomized part of it at all. I guess I'll give you a, a blank canvas for the change in COVID testing. Although I'm pretty sure you're gonna say this is their best, this is the best way to just play through. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't even know that last part you just said that there's some random element to this too. What I knew was we're going to test the va- the unvaccinated. We're going to test the vaccinated with symptoms, period. Again, like you said, raises questions. Are the vaccinated with symptoms going to hide their symptoms? Are there going to be issues of not testing certain players, star players, etc.? And it's a lot of trust that goes into this from a medical standpoint. But I think where we are is what I keep saying is we're playing through. The interesting part is the union. They were demanding daily testing. Now they're going along with this plan. I think it gets down to my world. I really do. You know, there were potential discussions about canceling games last week. We had outbreaks in the Browns, outbreaks on the Rams, outbreaks on Washington. That would mean six teams without paychecks. Think about that. Six teams without paycheck. 350 players. So... I think that really got to the heart of this. Like, we can't have that from both sides. We can't have that from the owner's side. We can't have that from the player's side. So we'll go along with these new rules. I just think that's where we are. In the end of the day, it's a business. And it sounds great to test all the time. But testing all the time with this Omicron variant is like, okay, do you want all these players? And you have the Washington doctor on that call last week that said, well, 20 of those 22 could have played. So now we're in this new world where we have a highly transmissible virus, but low symptoms. And we're saying, as I, (laughs) my theme of this segment, we're playing through. You know, I want to transition now to Urban Meyer because um, I think that happened last Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whatever it was, you know, you and I were, didn't talk about it. Um, and before I get into the the whole with cause thing, I just want to give you a chance to comment on Urban Meyer being fired after 13 NFL games in the first place. Yeah, what I say to this is different than sort of the narrative, and, and we don't need to get into all the things about the lap dance or the kicker. I just think that leverage is everything. So my point on all this is think about when the Jacksonville Jaguars hired Urban Meyer, I, maybe you, maybe a lot of people said, wow, that's, that's kind of a coup, right? This is, I want to be blunt, a bottom dwelling franchise, right? So a bottom dwelling franchise to get a well-known coach, albeit not pro, but well-known, highly successful college coach was a coup. 
But now looking back, it's like Meyer didn't need the Jaguars. Meyer's got money, got success. He's fine. So this is what happens when the Jaguars needed him a lot more than they needed, than he needed them. He was not going to change. So all the behavior he had that was fine in college, and maybe I think even more, he just got to a point in life where, yeah, it's my way or the highway. You know, he's not going to change. And the Jaguars should have known that. But they sold their soul, right? They gave him 10 plus million dollars. They got Urban Meyer. They win the press. They win the story. But this is what happens. He's like, yeah, I'm who I am. And I'm going to this bottom dwelling franchise. They need me. And that's what happened, in my opinion. Now we get into the whole issue of firing him with cause. Yeah. And I, I guess my question there is, Andrew, is what really is the standard? What, like, what fits with cause? Because it appears as if there's a number of things that he did that I would consider fireable offenses, not coming back on the team, playing. You had the issue with the woman and those videos. You know, now you have a player on the record saying that he was assaulted, he was kicked by the coach. I'm pretty sure that would qualify for a fireable offense. But seeing your tweets at Andrew Brandt, it seems to me, I don't want to say that you don't think that they're going to be able to get it done or you do think Urban Meyer will be able to get his money. It seems like you are skeptical of their ability to not have to pay him. Well, there will be lawyers. <laughs> Everyone, I got hundreds of tweets with my saying at, as soon as that happened, which is nice. Um if it's the kicker, if it's the, the woman in the bar, you know, the Jaguars lawyers are making their case. The Urban Meyer lawyers are going to be good ones, too. They're going to say things like the kicker thing happened in August. OK, what would you do about it? Right. Was there warning letters? Was the next straw letters? The uh, incident at the bar happened in September. What would you do? What did you do? What did the Jaguars do about that? Whatever else happened, what did the Jaguars do about it? And now they're firing him? So all these kind of things will go into a discussion, settlement, and then if not, litigation. Litigation. So we'll see. I mean, I think Urban Meyer's side has a real case that they knew this behavior was going on for months months. And I'm I'm guessing to say there are worse things. But it all comes down to contract language. When I drafted for cause, you know, you as a lawyer for the team, try to make it as broad as possible, bringing disrepute to the team, negative reputation to the team. Lawyers for the, for the coach would argue you have to be in jail. You have to have a conviction. You have to have a felony. You have to have this or that kind of like player contracts, morals clauses. So there will be lawyers. Last question, Andrew. Um, a lot of college players are skipping bowl games. A lot of them. We've talked about this the last couple of years. I mean, last year we actually had guys opt out of the entire season. Guys like Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons, who are phenomenal NFL rookies, doesn't really seem to have had an impact. Do you think anybody – in the NFL cares at all about guys skipping bowl games. And 
how would you, you know, if, if players came to you and asked for your advice, what would you say to them? Yeah. It's a tough one because, uh, you know, we've talked about skipping bowl games in a way that, hey, you know, they can't get injured. But you sort of step back and say, really? I mean, the chances of an injury that's going to affect their draft position, I don't pick a number, 10%, 5%, 3%, 2%, 1%. And then you do a risk analysis. Is it worth it? And being with the team. And I guess if I'm sort of gun to my head, I guess I fall on the side of the player because, you know, there, there's careers at stake. But then, you know, you talk about being with the team. I guess if the team's fine with it, you know, and you're going to be with the team, you're going to be on the sideline, you're going to be with them during practice for the bowl game. It just seems like uh, there's no right answer here. But we're in an age that started back with McCaffrey and Fournette, whatever, six years ago. It's going to become commonplace if it hasn't already. So we, responding as the media, are just going to have to accept it. And coaches, old school coaches that hate it. I think you asked about, um, I think scouting community understands it. I think the NFL scouting community does not hold it against the players one iota. You got to check him out on social media at Andrew Brandt. That's the best way to know everything going on with him. B-R-A-N-D-T. Andrew, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All the deal. Um, and I will talk to you, I guess, after the new year. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. See you in the 2022. Wow. Great stuff from Andrew, as always. It really is interesting just hearing the NFL, you know, sort of playing through this Omicron variant, just seeing how it's spreading in these different places, once again, just reinforces how fragile things are. You know, I mean, whatever, whoever you are, whatever you are, just whatever being safe means for you, please be safe. Um, one thing you could consider is ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. So no doctors, no needles, no paperwork when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, probably never a bad time uh, to get life insurance unless you wait too long. You know, um, that's the one thing I've heard is that life insurance costs more as you age. So the sooner you can cross it off the list, the better. They have no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. You really just need a couple minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Go to ladderlife.com slash Ross today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Ross. Ladderlife.com slash Ross. takes. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with a breakdown of each of the week 15 Tuesday night NFL games. We'll start with the Eagles, 27-17 to 17 victory over Washington. So Washington was without seven coaches, um, and they, they didn't have their first two quarterbacks. They didn't have their right guard, Brandon Sheriff. Uh, they didn't have a couple guys on the back end in Curl and Fuller. I actually thought Garrett Gilbert, their quarterback, acquitted himself pretty well. And the Eagles got off to a disastrous start. I mean, 
Dallas Goddard had the ball go right through his hands. He had two bad drops, actually. He had the ball go right through his hands, and then it bounced off his heel and was intercepted for Landon Collins. Should have been a touchdown for Washington right there. Should have been a touchdown. Uh, but the refs didn't see it, and so thankfully they ended up scoring anyway because I, I hate that. I hate when like a, an officiating error could prevent a team from getting the points they deserve. So they ended up getting the touchdown anyway. Um, but then after that, J- the Eagles are moving the ball. Jalen Hurts had a careless fumble um, that got stripped by Montez Sweat. Garrett Gilbert throws a bomb to Terry McLaurin. Eagles were able to hold them to a field goal, but it was 10-0. 10-0 Washington. Everybody thought, oh, the Eagles will roll them, and it's all of a sudden 10-0. Then uh, Eagles move the ball again. But really silly penalties on Sua Opeta and Jordan Mailata stalled the drive. Um, so, But then after that, then the Eagles really kind of took over. Devontae Smith made a ridiculous catch. Dallas Goddard made a ridiculous – I mean, those guys, Eagles have some weapons in the passing game with Goddard and Smith with some of the big plays and catches those guys made. Unfortunately, after Hurts tried to force a ball to Devontae Smith rather than just hitting Kenny Gainwell, Eagles had to settle for a field goal. But after that, it just felt like their running game wore Washington down. I mean, they they leaned on Goddard to complete some passes and the run game. They tied it 10-10 at halftime. Second half, another dominant drive by the Eagles right down Washington's throat. Hurts gets a quarterback sneak touchdown. The defense at that point was allowing Washington almost nothing. Eagles kick a field goal to go up 20-10. to 10. Um, But then actually, you know what? I give a lot of credit to Washington. Garrett Gilbert kept battling. There was a pass interference, uh, a reverse, third and short play action, a beautiful play call by Scott Turner, the OC for Washington. So it's 20 to 17. It's a big game. I mean, it's a close game. But then the Eagles got a screen to Jalen Rager and an incredible pass from Hertz to Greg Ward to go up 27-17 for the final margin. Really a, a win the Eagles had to have. And one of the best games Jalen Hurts has played. The run game is just incredible at this point. Uh, pretty impressive. Ducks takes. All right, the other game was the Rams and the Seahawks, where Los Angeles doubled up on Seattle, 20-10. to 10. Right. I mean, the Seahawks, you know, they postponed the game because of how many guys the Rams had on the COVID list. But then the Seahawks put a bunch of guys on the COVID list. They didn't have Tyler Lockett or Alex Collins. The Seahawks really, after two games in a row where it felt like they kind of were getting their offense back, they could do very little on offense. Other than one drive, that was it. Stafford and the Rams offense weren't so great either. Carlos Dunlap was getting a bunch of sacks. Stafford had a horrible interception early, but Cooper Cup. I mean, any argument about Jonathan Taylor for MVP should mention Cooper Cup as well. That's what I would say. If you're going to make the argument for Jonathan Taylor, you got to make the argument for Cooper Cup too. Ducks takes. You mentioned that obviously all this was happened because of COVID, uh, and it was a big day yesterday for that COVID list again. Among the names on that list now include 
Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, Rashad Fenton, and Tyreek Hill. On the Lions, quarterback Jared Goff. Chargers, Joey Bosa, Austin Eckler, and Corey Lindsley. Patriots, Kendrick Bourne. Packers, wide receiver MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And the Bills, wide receiver Cole Beasley. It's a lot. Um, it seems like, I guess I don't really understand because they changed the testing and they're only testing... I think maybe that started Monday, but they're only testing uh, vac- unvaccinated guys or vaccinated guys that have symptoms. So I guess I don't really understand. Maybe a bunch of these guys are actually close contacts. Uh, I guess I'm I'm a little confused as to how so many guys tested positive if they're only testing unvaccinated guys every day or vaccinated guys with symptoms. I don't envision many of these guys saying they've had symptoms. So... Um, I don't think they're doing very much random stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm a little bit confused on that one, but it does seem just based on that, that this is going to end up um, affecting games for the rest of the season. Kind of like Andrew said, I mean, if they're going to keep having uh, this many guys on the COVID list, then it's going to be a thing. Ducks takes. Injury news to the Giants and Bucks as well. Giants putting quarterback Daniel Jones and wide receiver Sterling Shepard on IR. That ends their season. And it looks like running back Leonard Fournette and linebacker Levante David are done for the regular season with the Bucks. Right. So the Giants aren't going anywhere. Shepard, I think they said Torres Achilles, brutal. Daniel Jones with the neck. They don't want to mess around with that. But I don't know if he starts another game for the Giants. You know, I, I remain convinced they're going to try to get Russell Wilson, and I think they should try to do that. They need to do something to right the ship there in New York. As for the Bucks, boy, they got beat up in that game against the Saints. Levante David out for the last three games, Leonard Fournette out for the last three games, and who knows when they'll be back. You know, they say they hope they're back for the regular season, but you don't know that. If they're definitely out for the rest of the regular season, that doesn't bode well for the first round of the playoffs. Not at all. So that's something to keep in mind for sure. Um, and then they're going to sign Le'Veon Bell. They're going to sign Le'Veon Bell because they need another running back now. And Arian's obviously familiar with him. So I think I'll say this every episode from now on, but strange times indeed. By the way, this time of year, this actually happened one time when I was at my uncle's house for Christmas. Something happened in my dad's car. Don't let that happen. We're trying to drive home on Christmas Day, and his car just died. Make sure it's not your battery. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination because they've got proven tough Duralast batteries, an extensive line of replacement batteries, in fact. And they start just $79.99. So you can upgrade your battery without breaking your wallet. They've got free battery testing and charging so with the testing they can tell you what the deal is before you spend money on something you don't need maybe it's your starter maybe it's your alternator look the proof is in the pudding right next time you're in need of battery help or to get your battery ready for harsh winter weather start at autozone america's number one battery destination get in the zone autozone email time Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rosstucker.com. Love when you email me for any reason, especially if you've taken advantage of a sponsor. 
which means you're supporting the shows, but also lets you ask any question you want. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross, why is the whole NFL infatuated with shotgun runs and short yardage, obvious running situations? It's an epidemic that I see at least five times a week, wa- five times a week watching Red Zone. Crucial, three and short or even fourth and short spots where the offense lines up in shotgun and the wide receivers in tight. Instead of spread wide open in the middle of the field, the offense gets stuffed because the defense is expecting a run. Running back gets no momentum as he is standing next to the quarterback, posed to a traditional under-the-center snap, and is often stopped in the backfield. I would maybe understand this configuration more if the quarterback was ready. Uh, was I'm sorry, was reading the defensive end or was called fake handoff QB boot, but they almost never are, and they almost never work. I appreciate the aggressiveness of a lot of these coaches now going for it on fourth downs or two-point conversions, but the teams look like they don't practice for these situations or have a good menu of plays for them. Uh, this is more venting than a question, but if there is some schematic reason coaches continue to do it, despite my perceived lack of success, I am dying to know what it is. Keep up the great work. That is from Greg, who then goes on to say, Brian is the best. And Greg, so are you. Good question, Greg. Uh, I, I get frustrated by that sometimes as well. My issue with it is not that they're in the gun in the first place. My issue with it is there's not a big menu of runs when you're in the gun. It's almost always going to be inside zone away from where the back is standing. And so you're kind of giving a great indicator to the defense of what the run is. That said, one reason why they do it is it's easier to then throw it in those situations if you want to. And actually the Eagles did that a couple times last night where it was short yardage, and believe it or not, they threw it, which I don't love, but uh, that was what the Washington defense called for. So that's one explanation. It's easier to throw from the gun after they fake the run. And also, as you referenced, the quarterback can pull the ball and go ahead and run around the edge. So it makes the quarterback himself more of a threat in those situations. But I don't love it. I'm a big quarterback sneak guy. And if you're under center, there's a bigger menu of runs. The defense doesn't realize uh, there's a high likelihood they're running inside zone away from where the running back is lined up. So it's a good question. That's the best answer I can give you. But I have that frustration at times as well. Shout outs. Pizza Boy Brewing. Sport of Culture. Vision Comics with an X. HumanHeadNYC.com. And Steakhouse Sports. Fantasy Feast later today. Even Money College Draft already ready for you, including breaking down tonight's bowl game. You got the uh, Army Black Knights against Missouri. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 